0: Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show.
1: Well, welcome everyone to yet another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your co host, Gina Gaudio Graves, the Dean and founder of Directions University at DirectionsUniversity.com. Calling in live this week from beautiful Bonita Springs, Florida, as I do each week on Tuesdays at noon Eastern. We have got a great show lined up for you guys today. We have my co host, Jack Humphrey, the Associate Dean of Directions University. Jack's calling in live from Richmond, uh, Indiana. Jack, are you here yet? I don't see him in here. I'm here. I am sure. Oh, you are here. Hey there. Hello. So it's our guest that we don't have yet. So I'm looking forward to our guest today, Jack. Jack Bourne is the creator of AW Pro Tools and Boxshot King. Have you ever used Boxshot King, Jack?
2: It sounds familiar, but I'm I'm sure I haven't used it, but it sure does sound familiar.
1: It is a really really nifty little tool. It allows you to create 3D images like the uh, cover you've got for the ATV guide, the Amazing Traffic Vortex Guide.
2: I know why I heard this. Don Osborne was talking about it not too long ago.
1: Don Osborne loves Box Shot King. Big time loves Boxshot King.
2: Absolutely. It looks really cool. Yeah, I was doing a, a pretty high-tech version of this. This looks a lot easier for the average person to use for sure.
1: It is. It's super, super easy. I've watched on Create Images with it. And it, wow, I can't wait to talk to Jack Bourne about it. While we're getting Jack on the show, why don't we go with our 10 minute episode or segment, I should call it, uh, with Jan Riley interviewing V. Lynn Hawkins. Lynn is the founder of Skyhawk Enterprises at skyhawkenterprises.biz. She is both a DU bachelor student and a DU faculty member. She talks a lot about social entrepreneurship and helps entrepreneurs and small business owners to incorporate social entrepreneurship into their business. Jack, you and I have both loved getting to know Lynn, haven't we?
2: Oh, she's awesome. Love Lynn.
1: So I'm going to play that segment while I go find out where Jack is. Be back in 10 minutes, guys.
3: Jan Riley, and I am here with Lynn Hawkins, another DU alum, and I wanted to welcome you here to the meeting and ask you a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what you love.
0: Fabulous. Thanks, Jan. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to be a part of this, and again, my name is Lynn Hawkins. I go by the Lynn Hawkins. You know, just a matter of a little bit of distinction there. Absolutely. And uh, I am the owner of Skyhawk Enterprises Business Coaching and Consulting, and I'm the founder of the P3 Academy of Social Entrepreneurship. And I am part of the Directions University bachelor's group, as well as faculty of social entrepreneurship.
3: Well, that's amazing. So um, I've got to ask you a little bit about what is social entrepreneurship?
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you asked that because part of my mission is around the redefinition of social entrepreneurship and social enterprise. Most of us heard of and hear of social entrepreneurship as it relates to the small nonprofit organizations or the big foundations that give to small nonprofit organizations. But I have to tell you, it's more than that. It's anybody who does anything, including through their business, that addresses social issues in any way, shape, or form, whether it's giving your time, giving your money, um, helping the local nonprofit or helping the, the local community. And it's expanded into something of a more global platform In so many different ways. And again, part of my mission at the Academy is to help entrepreneurs to add a component to their business, that they can actually gain momentum to do bigger business, better business. And when you can do more and you have more, you can do more good in the world. Well, that's really true, and I love this. So give me an example
3: of how somebody would include this in their business.
0: Well, I have to tell you, first of all, that I'm really big on planning and strategy. Uh And my friends call me the business building mentor and the strategy development muse because I can look at someone's business and see how they desire to do business, look at their vision and really figure out ways to incorporate social enterprise and social entrepreneurship into their businesses. One example is I have a client named uh, Anna who has a, she's a master Reiki um, and a, just a woman who is really passionate about helping others because of her background. was not the best in backgrounds, and so she's identified certain organizations that she now can partner with to donate time to speak to their audiences, about what it is that she does. Now, do you think that that gives her an additional opportunity to get business? Yes. Uh Uh-huh, definitely. Their audience that she's bringing her expertise into, and they recognize her for giving her contribution to them, and by the same token, they're now talking about her to other people and amongst themselves. And when business opportunities come up, who do they think of but her?
3: Yes, absolutely. Plus, I can really see how this would be helpful in terms of her carrying her message and helping people in a way that helps her leverage her time.
0: Absolutely. With
3: them, you know, I I have found that I do a lot of volunteer work, but the frustrating part is setting it all up.
0: That can be one of the biggest challenges, and there's so many opportunities for solutions in that regard as well. It
3: really helps to have some liaisons that are in the community that can help do that. It it has really made a huge difference. I work with schools. I work with various businesses, and a lot with the – I paint murals
2: one of the things I do
3: and so logistically um, it's not painting the murals that take so long it's going through all of the
0: the uh, and that's part of the strategy that we talk about what's the most effective way to uh, move in that direction who are the best people and organizations to partner with and that's not the only way to do this there are so many people who don't have the time to actually devote to doing stuff like that because maybe you're running a brick and mortar business yeah Mm -hmm. but there is an opportunity to connect to even just say I'm supporting this organization on my website and knowing that your website gets traffic this organization gets attention yes Mm -hmm. that happening also is an opportunity for you. There's so many ways for people to recognize that you're connected with a particular organization and they will stop doing business with someone else that they may be doing business with that they don't have that kind of personal connection with and begin doing business with you. One of the things that a friend of mine and I were actually talking about just yesterday, I interviewed, um, I'm sure you know, Ken Krell. Yep, and we were talking about something that Gina and Jack have talked a lot about as well, and that's the fact that CVS has made this huge statement about no longer carrying anything nicotine-related in their stores. Well, part of their strategy was examining what that was going to do to them. What effect was that going to have on them? What impact was that going to have on them, negative? And positive. Well, they realized that it was going to have a negative effect, and they said it's going to be between, just speaking in dollars, $1 and $2 billion. That's a lot of money. That's yeah. a lot of effect. On the flip side, they're like, so what's the upside? What is the advantage of doing this? And they estimated it to be upwards of $4 billion in additional revenue from making that statement where people are now self-selecting to go to CVS and not any other drugstore because they no longer sell nicotine and tobacco-related products. And there are ways that we too, as small business owners, can make that same kind of adjustment and in doing so can skyrocket our own um, revenue as well as exposure for future revenue.
3: Well, and you you live here in Atlanta like I do, and I bet you have seen the various plumbing and heating and air mechanical systems that have adopted various cancer
0: programs.
3: And it's everywhere. They've painted their trucks pink. Yeah. They have they have huge billboards and the billboards are actually promoting the cause before it's promoting their business yeah. and as as long as it's been going on which has been more than a couple of years that has to be making them money. You
0: know it is. And, and
3: I thought it was brilliant having been in that type of home business Mm -hmm. or worked with homeowners, Mm -hmm. what I know is that the number one person who calls is a woman.
0: Mm -hmm. That's
1: the
3: person who's calling, whoever's going to fix whatever it is that's
0: broken. So that just supports the fact that having a strategy and really looking at the possibilities, building the right strategy, you can do just that. Yes, knowing who your market is, who your ideal client is, how you can get them to see you, to find that crossover and that connection from, you know, just the head of doing business to bringing in the heart of business that's, that has the ability to increase your profits. And in increasing your profits, you're moving into a higher level of prosperity and you can, again, do so much more in the world. You can find me online at p3academy.com. And the P3 stands for Purpose and Planning to Prosperity. And it really is about moving your business, your life, and the lives of others higher into the realm of prosperity. And that's what we focus on in the P3 Academy. So p3academy.com they're getting
3: ready to continue with our special featured guest and i want to invite you now to visit me on my website and at you create so that you can learn
1: Well, welcome back to Traffic Masters, everyone. Thank you so much, Jan and Lynn, for that great segment introducing Lynn Hawkins, DU faculty member and bachelor student, to everyone on the show. So we've just learned that Jack Bourne is not going to be able to be with us, but he will be here in the next couple of months. So stay tuned for that episode. So Jack, instead... You and I are going to dissect and talk about what we call the amazing traffic vortex, or for short, the vortex model of doing business. What the heck is that all about?
2: It's about uh, how to make a, a, a complete business strategy for attracting the right audience and engaging them and converting them. So uh, it's about targeted traffic. It's about content marketing, how you use content to attract that audience that you so dearly want to attract to your products and services, and uh, converting that audience through authority, uh, thought leadership, trust, and uh, respect that's built through uh, the awesome content that you put out. So really it goes from attracting the audience in through to the monetization part of your business so that uh, we're not doing what we don't want to do, which is just teach people how to get a bunch of traffic. Or teach people everything they need to know about conversion and then leave them to figure out how they're going to generate traffic.
1: So why is it so important for people to have this traffic vortex? What does it do for them?
2: It's kind of like think of it it's a, a perpetual motion machine which mankind has yet to really truly achieve but uh it's really a natural organic kind of system or strategy for your business that when you put people into it when you send 100 people to a certain spot in your uh in your funnel in your content starting all the way out on social media that you can watch them go through uh, your vortex, what we call a vortex, and start making it spin. And you have to picture it that way to really, really get a handle on exactly what it's doing. But in the doing of that, it's a lot less flat and one-dimensional than how people teach, uh, everybody else on the planet teaches marketing today. We're the only ones that teach the vortex model. We came up with the idea. And uh, and it gets people thinking about how your business moves, how people move through your business and how they make that vortex spin by spending money with you. And coming in from social, how you generate traffic and interest and authority and thought leadership with the content that you share with an audience that desperately loves it, wants it, seeks it out and finds it with you predominantly more so than anybody else in your market, or enough that it doesn't matter if somebody's doing more than you in the market, you're getting all the traffic that you need. And finally, it's, it's really about how people move through all the way to the back end of your business where your highest level products, your highest cost products uh, or product reside, and getting people to convert all the way through to that. And we have a rule that everybody that you bring through has to be worth $1,000 or more per year, per customer. So that's a big back end. Um, But that could be like a $97 membership. That could be several things. Uh, It it could be a service that's worth that, that um, uh, really completes the whole thing. So here's what Gina likes to say a lot. She she says most people are out there and they, they come up with, Uh, One product, it might be an e-book, they're information marketers, and they come up with an e-book and, um, you know, like I did back in the day, long, long ago in 2002, I came out with Powerlinking. My entire business was Powerlinking. The book sold for $47. I sold over 50,000 copies of it, but at the end of the day, I didn't understand at that time what back-ends were all about, what continuity programs were all about. And so I had 50,000 buyers of Powerlinking, but I didn't I didn't have anything else. So, while that was great over time, that, you know, if you just look at the ledger, that looked like really good money, but I was left with not much else. I still had to build something that would have a legacy to it that would have also afford me the lifestyle that I want. Um and so I had to quickly come up with another product. And that's what I did throughout the 2000s was I would launch uh we call it launch or perish. So I was in that terrible cycle of I would launch, money would come in, a great, great deal of almost imaginable work was done leading up to each one of these launches of of things that I did that uh, didn't have continuity to them until I came out with blogsuccess.com and before that contentdesk.com, which were both continuity programs, both memberships. And then I started to understand, okay, market once, have people paying you month to month to month. And so I had more of a vortex model together than I'd ever had before that, but it wasn't really that. I just had a book and a membership. And so things. I could drive a bunch of traffic to that. I could have joint ventures, and I did, send hundreds of thousands of people to landing pages and things like that. Mind you, no content was being done at this point, none. There was no... Authority building through content marketing whatsoever and social media hadn't come out yet. So uh, Well, it was just taking off so Facebook had just opened up to the public and really nobody cared so there, there wasn't the audience that there is now so Several missing components from the vortex right there. I just had a book and a membership site and anytime that I wanted to generate more money I needed to go out and get joint ventures and get people to mail and uh it was really all just the science of having a really good copy, landing page, targeted traffic, get them in. Now I was up to having the ability to have a residual income coming in from everybody that we converted. Then I had a problem keeping everybody interested. In a membership site, you've got to keep everything going. you got to keep it fresh or people start to leave. And so we called that a drop-off. And we actually had a, a, a going... Tally of three months was the average that anybody would stay at the time in any internet marketing membership site. It was actually fairly accurate. So I had residual income for basically three months, and then it was over. So I had a book, a membership site, and a membership that only people would only stay for three months on average. Some people are still with those companies (laughs) or with Blog Success that started from the very 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 beginning, but it's a tiny 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 percentage. So. Um, you know, after a while, most people dropped out of that model. So it's because I didn't have a Vortex model of doing business. I didn't have a traffic Vortex uh, either. So uh, years and years passed, and I kept doing the Launch or perish. and then I finally burned out. In about 2011, I was pretty much cooked. I had been going since 1998. I had been doing the Launch or perish model. I'd come up with tons, dozens of products, took them to market, launched them. I built uh, – couple of companies and sold them. It was all a lot of work. It was all the kind of work I didn't really want anymore. And I needed a lifestyle. I, I really was missing that whole uh, four-hour work week ideal, which I've still yet to gain. I think most people are, you know, that's an ideal. It's not a a thing. And there's only one man on the planet who's proven to have gotten to a four-hour work week. Even Richard Branson works more than four hours, but he loves what he does. And a lot of people call it work, and he does not. So, um, but anyway, I wasn't having the lifestyle that I wanted. I needed something else, and I just took a sabbatical. And anybody who's following me, you know, from 2011, 12, and some of 13, knows that I was just kind of free-floating. My blogs kind of went down in content, um, you know, and I really did take a, a good long sabbatical from this whole thing and thought about what would it take to really make my business fit into my life. And then have the life that I'd want a business to fit into and call a business with a lifestyle. And uh, then I met Gina. Actually, I met her the year before. She did an interview of me on this very show. And uh, then we kind of, you know, we had our interview and that was cool and everything. And we kind of went away and came back about a year later. And uh, I started to figure out more about what she was doing with directions university and this vortex thing she was talking about and that was the first time since 2011 that I my eyes lit up and I'm like wait there really is something left in this kind of business this information marketing this laptop lifestyle that I can sink my teeth into at times I thought it's over for me because I don't want to go back to the launch or parish days and I'll just do anything to not go back I didn't go get a job and I haven't had a job since uh since 2000 <laughs> So uh, I wasn't about to go back. I'm broken. And if any of you, I mean, I wouldn't trust any of you if you wanted to hire me because that would be the worst decision you ever <laughs> made. As an employee, I'm just not a very good, uh, you know, I'm all, I am was born an entrepreneur. So, um, so I met Gina, and we started talking about this. I started getting into the vortex thing, and it made sense to me. It made sense because like a perpetual motion machine, it's, not a reality, even the very best attempts at perpetual motion today need a little bit of outside energy to keep them going. Of course, that breaks the rule for what a perpetual motion machine is. So uh, science hasn't even gotten there yet, but I sure did like the idea of being able to put in a small amount of energy and get an outsized outcome from it, from the traffic that I drive to my site, how I do that, how I create the content, how I target people, and how I have everything set up from the outer ring of the vortex all the way to the center ring of the vortex so that it makes sense and they kind of take themselves through that, that I don't have to mind the process. I don't have to artificially – I can artificially inflate the numbers outside of what I'm doing organically with joint venture traffic, with paid traffic, and we do do them all. But we don't have to. It's not like it forces you to be like I was in the 2000s, which was – Uh, always having to do that sink or swim you know like a shark if the shark starts uh, to just float you know they can't breathe anymore they always have to move and it gets really tiresome to be in a situation where you have to do that all the time believe me if you can avoid ever having to do that if you haven't had to do it yet and you can avoid it then it would be one of the biggest gifts i could give anyone and the way that you avoid doing it is using the, the amazing traffic vortex model for traffic and monetization of your business And get that spinning motion going so that you have the ability to put, once everything is all set up, you know exactly what's going to happen when you get 100 fairly targeted people into your stuff. You know, that click on it and just very simply like something on Facebook or comment on it or share it or plus it on Google or share it or comment on it or all three, that 100 people start there. If you can get 100 targeted people to start right there, you know all the way to your $1,000 per customer per year, very juicy center of your vortex, how that's going to pan out. That's an incredible feeling. It's almost like somebody landed a printing press right in your basement and you could just start printing money because you, you have that level of certainty of how your business works. And it's because of the vortex that you can have that level of certainty. Now, there are people who talk about this stuff, but they don't talk about the spinning motion. They, don't talk, about, they talk about funnels, and you go find somebody who, who's really, really good with funnels, and you go take their training. And you find somebody who's really, really good with content marketing, and you go take their training. And then you go And you just keep going and take all these pieces, but nobody's there at the end of the day to connect them all for you. And there's not a tool out there at the end of the day that connects them all for you like the traffic vortex does. And that's really what sold me, and that's why I'm still with Gina, and I'm her partner now, and um, I just love it because I don't think there's really any other way to discuss or talk about doing business uh, unless you're going to talk about a holistic way to go. We've gotten over the whole 2000s. I got over the whole having a new product every day, coming out with a new launch every month, Um you know schemes and things like that tactics i'm just over tactics tactics will burn you out strategy really really good strategy will put you in this for the long haul you will be able to build a business you can retire uh and still have the business and have it pretty much running itself and uh and not you at the helm of having to push all the levers that are left to push not very many but there's still some levers to push you don't even have to be the one pushing them so The other way to look at it is just the way Branson runs around the internet. He's got everybody running his companies. He's got everything going on. But his traffic vortex—I mean, he very much has one. You can overlay the amazing traffic vortex on any successful business in the world, and it works. That's why I call it organic and it's natural, because businesses that work, that really, really take off, are organic and natural in nature, because they appeal. They have great products. They have great service. People love them. They have authority in the market. And at that point, they cannot fail. That's why they don't fail. That's why you have Virgin and you have uh, Coca-Cola and you have all of these different businesses out there that match up perfectly with the Vortex model of doing business, whether they knew about it or not. They lucked into it. They fell into it because nature always wants to line up with like things. Nature always wants to have balance. And companies that strike a balance, meaning us, Information marketers, coaches, consultants, authors, anybody else, when we have that level of balance in our life and our business and within the business that same attention to balance has been paid uh, and you have a really good solid strategy, you can't fail. And I'll say that again, you cannot fail. So it's like, wow, this is a lot of stuff. Like certainty, you're telling me about certainty. There's not supposed to be any of that in entrepreneurship, and not being able to fail. Once you have all these pieces together, nobody ever says that because that's almost like a guarantee, and it's it's almost like hype. And you know, I don't, I'm not supposed to believe hype. And uh, and that's what we go. We just nod and tell everybody, go read the amazing traffic vortex. Get started there. Check it out. And if it makes sense to you, then. Check it out a little bit further, you know, and and implement some of those things in your business. And then if it, you know, makes you more money, gets you more traffic because of some of the things that you learned in it, you know, do your own testing, basically. And that's where we leave it with people because after a minute, a minute longer of me talking about this, it's going to be so unbelievable that you'll just start to glaze over <laughs> and like, no, this can't possibly be true. But it is. It absolutely is. We've taken hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people through this process, well, thousands through this process, and hundreds of people all the way into our center of our vortex. And every single time, appli—you know people doing the application of this, of course, uh, that's the default thing, they succeed. They see great things happen, things bigger than they thought that they by themselves would ever be able to do. Um, and be able to use and exercise leverage tactics that uh, really get them an outsized result from what they thought they could accomplish themselves or or the the top dream that they would ever have had for their company, Uh, making a certain number of sales in 24 hours or um, having a high-end coaching business or uh, just having a giant influx of people coming in through relatively little energy on their part a, a, an amount that they never really dared to dream that they would ever have to exert or, or that they could exert and then have all of that great outcome from just such a little effort. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So maybe I have gone for another extra minute, and you have glazed over, but how do we bring them back to earth, you know? Well,
1: you know, I like to say that the Vortex model of doing business is creating success on purpose instead of by accident. And I've seen in the past those that have attempted to apply the Vortex model that haven't always gotten results the way that we say that you can't. And in every single case, without one exception, they've missed a big, big, big important lesson in the Vortex model. One of the things that you talked about just now, Jack, was that when you're using the Vortex, things really do get a lot easier, and you don't have to do the stuff all by yourself. Those that uh, try to apply it, that don't necessarily get the results the first time, are still thinking too much like they used to, that they have to be responsible for doing it all themselves. That's when it doesn't work, does it, Jack?
2: Hmm. No, there's there's tons and tons of leverage that happens. And I always, I don't know, I through the 2000s, I always use a dog training example for everything. And it seems that now in the uh, teens, I'm using Richard Branson as every example. But he certainly doesn't pull all the levers in his company, in his business. And he didn't get to where he is, and the companies didn't succeed to the degree that they have, by just his sheer willpower and the people around him working for him alone. He pulled a lot of, leverage strings, a lot of them. And uh, a lot of people are afraid to do it if they know how to do it, and most people just don't know how to do it. They don't understand all the different – you know, I always tell the story when uh, I I was a tracker in the 90s and uh, a wildlife tracker, and every once in a while people I knew – I never went on one of these, but but people that I knew uh, in the tracking world would get called to track humans and uh, people who were lost in the wilderness. I mean, real wilderness, like Death Valley, like hardcore lost and hardcore wilderness. And um, when they'd exhausted all the modern things, like helicopters and satellite footage and everything else, they'd call in the guys who always found what they were looking for, and they called in the trackers. And uh, one of my buddies came back and said there was a time uh, in the 80s when he went searching for a German tourist in uh, Death Valley. He was also a park ranger there. And um, they finally found him, and it, it took a while because they didn't call him first, and he knew exactly where to go, what to do, and how to track this guy down, but it was too late. They didn't call him soon enough, and they found a dead tourist. And he said what was really interesting about that is that that guy had within 300 yards every single thing that he could have used to be alive when they found him, to survive instead of die, within 300 yards, but... He didn't know anything about survival. He didn't know anything about the environment that he was in. He was from Germany. He was visiting. And um, and even people who live uh, in, uh, you know, desert regions don't know everything that they need to know if they get stuck in a situation like that in order to save their own lives. How to create water out of thin air. How to... (laughs) how to do all of the things, how to find food, how to, you know, stay warm and uh, and have the best chance of being found in time before you die. He was within 300 yards of everything he needed to be ripe and fresh and ready to go as soon as the helicopter got there, but he died. And a lot of times on the Internet, what people do is they, they hear a little bit of something and they go, well, you know, leverage, okay, I, I think whatever, whatever. I'm not going to listen to that right now because i got to get my mailing out. And a lot of businesses die within three or 400 yards of everything yes. that they needed to not only survive but thrive. And leverage is one of those things that I think a lot of people gloss over and it sure would have come in handy before you had to lock up your doors. Absolutely. Just a, a simple example of that.
1: In the Vortex model of doing business, one of the things we teach our students to do is to do virtual workshops, that they plan, then sell, then create. And they're doing these virtual workshops for several reasons at the same time. It creates content, not for a product, but for three or more products. From that one workshop, you can have content for a low-end membership site, content for a standalone product, even the start of the content for a high-end coaching program or a high-end membership site. Well, I've seen people who stop at, okay, we need to go out and do a workshop. They don't go any further in the training. Then they go out and they create their virtual workshop. But they teach the entire workshop all by themselves. They then come back and say, man, that didn't work so good. I only got five sales. And nobody really showed up for strategy sessions, so nobody bought anything else. What did I do wrong? Well, you can't just hear the first sentence of what you need to do and expect that it's going to work. That person was so close to everything they needed to not only survive, but thrive, weren't they, Jack?
2: Yeah. And as most businesses are, we always pay attention to the negative, like whatever the stat is. And I don't even know where it came from or how true it might be, but it seems pretty true. I don't know exactly exactly. But 98% of businesses that close their doors in the first two years and all of that kind of stuff, those businesses, the, that's the first sentence of that, and everybody's satisfied with it and, and then universally agrees that business is a dangerous, dangerous thing to get into. Entrepreneurship is an awfully, awfully risky venture. And then you see the 2% of the people that are left, and they're like, you know what's dangerous is having a job. Because that will be gone tomorrow, absolutely without any control on your own part. You have no control over any of that. To entrepreneurs, it looks really, really dangerous for the rest of the world, the 98%, to fail at entrepreneurship and go back to working for other people. That, to us, is the biggest danger on this planet for being able to bring in the bacon and and have – and make a living and and it's sad because the all of those businesses or many of them, some businesses have really poor ideas, and they don't have the right people in place to execute them and there's reasons business go out of business, but there are reasons that you know for the same amount of <laughs> business that's out there that just it just fails, flails and fails there are There are things they could have done to uh stay going, they had good ideas, they had the right people in the right positions to execute the plan to execute the training, if it was training or the service, if it was a service or product creation or distribution or whatever it might be, but they just didn't know all the tools that they needed around them to survive and thrive. They were all there, though, and it could have very easily gone another way. So a lot of times when it very easily goes the other way, somebody's getting on the phone with me or Gina. (laughs) Not to toot our own horn, but everybody needs guides. Everybody needs, you know, you, you don't just strike out and say, I'm going to California and just start driving. You know, you turn on your GPS. And for a lot of people, we're people's GPS for their business. And you, you, you follow a map. You pull out an old school atlas on real tree paper. It, whatever you have to do, but you don't just go, I'm going to California and start driving. You know, a lot of businesses kind of do that, maybe not to that extreme, but they're like, you know what, i got this product, I'm going to go out and sell it. And you're fired up, and you're fired up, and, you know, a couple of months go by, it's like, well, not as good a result as we thought they were going to be, but I'm an entrepreneur now, and we're supposed to be tough, so let's just push on. And six months go by, and it's like, wow, we had a couple of really great successes, but that money just dwindled away really quickly as we tried to expand what we were doing not understanding anything about leverage, not understanding anything about a vortex model of doing business, that money evaporates very quickly, and nothing seems to sustain itself. You know, when we're in business and we consider it a success, we consider ourselves at the helm of this thing that generates money, new customers, um, uh, new clients, uh, fairly automatically. Like when you finally get successful, you hit a point of critical mass where – you could take a week off. You could have some lifestyle, and the business will not only be there when you get back, but it'll be better. It'll have more customers. It'll have more activity going on without direct input 24-7 by you. And uh, so, you know, people can artificially sustain that and make it seem like that's the way it's going. Uh, They can make sales, but every sale they make, they had to hand touch it. They had to – You know, they didn't understand leverage, and and more importantly, what Gina talked about earlier is what I call compound leverage, which is leverage that's stacked upon leverage that's stacked upon leverage, so that every single action you do, and I've never met anybody who's perfected it better than Gina, uh, every action she takes has always got something else three or four steps down the line that she's planning for that thing to also fulfill. So when she's talking about uh, leveraging one workshop to create three or four different products in your vortex, she's really talking about the thing that she does all the time, with everything. It's really wild how it applies to just about everything in business as well. So when she gets on a phone with somebody, trying to do uh, trying to figure out a joint venture or leverage point, she's never just thinking about, I'm gonna get this person to mail for us. In fact that's probably the, and I know it for a fact that's the least that she's ever going after when she's on the phone with anybody ever is you're going to mail for us. That's a foregone conclusion, but she's always three or four steps down the road. The person she's talking to may think that she's on the phone, it says right on their calendar, uh, you know, get this guy to mail for us or something like that. And they think that that's the call that they're on, but they're never on that call. That is a foregone conclusion. The lowest common denominator, the lowest expected outcome of each thing is not even the thing that Gina typically talks about on the phone the whole time. It will be the person at the end of the call who she was talking to that will volunteer that they mail for us. <laughs> they, want, Gina won't even bring it up after that call. So leverage is really important. How you approach everything and thinking several steps ahead are some of the things that people just don't do. They can only see what's right in front of them, and everybody else will stay on the phone and really, really hammer that person until they just, out of mercy, out of just, I want to get off the call, yes, I'll mail for you. And then they'll mail one time. They won't be involved in the process in any other way, like coming and presenting on one of those workshops and us sending them business before they send us business. And all of those leverage points, they're just beaten down, and they're like, okay, I owe you a favor. I will mail for you. And they will always ever only mail once with that kind of mindset and attitude toward you and toward what they need to do for your business. They won't be invested enough to mail three or four times or consistently throughout the year and love your product and make a lot of money as an affiliate for your product, they won't ever fall into that degree because that was the whole reason for your call. If you're a leveragist, that is the last thing that you want people to do on a certain call, on a kind of call where where you're trying to do a JV. And so stacking leverage is a really, really powerful tool, and it really does so – it gives you sort of like superpowers. You know, when you watch your competition or people in your market or outside your market, anybody that you follow that you see succeeding really, really well. I mean, like, God, how do they get all these people to mail for them? How do they get people not only to mail for them, but just um, without affiliate links people are talking about them, without uh, any vested interest other than people are just patting them on the back saying, great job, you are awesome. I just had you on my radio show. I just had this person do this thing and and show up. I mean, they're talking about these people without even any seeming vested interest. Well, typically, in Gina's world, in our world, there is a big time back in vested interest that you'll never find out about just looking at it on the outside. A deal was struck to send some of the traffic that we can send anywhere in the world to any site that we want for any product that we want to send it to them in a very specialized way, not necessarily... And usually not all, not ever through just a direct mailing or something like that. Because we have an understanding of leverage, we we can put together things that are like 10 times more beneficial to the people who are out there seemingly promoting us without even affiliate links sometimes and without even being asked to. We, we get hit up all the time. Hey, look at what somebody just said about you guys. Or that person will share, hey, I just put this little blog post out. I was talking about you guys. I just really thought that call you did or that workshop you did that was just the bee's knees, loved it, and they're just really, really dedicated. Sometimes they're doing that for the purpose of having content and and many, many other times they're doing it because they're getting something out of promoting us that nobody else on the outside can see. And it's usually because of the deals, because of the leverage and the way that Gina thinks about leverage that that kind of stuff happens as a matter of fact around here.
1: And it it really isn't hard to do it that way, Jack. For me, it almost comes naturally today. It's not something I actually have to work at anymore. But I think it's because of the years and years and years of really teaching myself to think this way. And, you know, the funny part is how I taught myself to think this way. When I was a kid, I got into doing... Dell Logic Puzzles. I'm sure you've seen those books of logic puzzles that you find in the drugstore, in the magazine rack, usually by the Mm -hmm. Sudoku and crossword puzzles. I was addicted to logic puzzles at a very, very early age, from the third grade on. I couldn't do enough logic puzzles. I used to have a subscription to both Dell and Penny Press logic puzzles. I'd have two or three books that came every single month. they'd be done halfway through the month, and I'd be waiting for next month's issues to come out because I needed more logic puzzles. But the thought process you go through to solve a logic puzzle is really teaching you to think two and three steps ahead. You can't solve those five-star extra hard logic puzzles without thinking two and three steps ahead. It became so powerful for me that when it came time to sit for the bar exams, I sat for two different states' bar exams within three months of one another, which is very unheard of. I had originally bought the $10,000 bar review study course for both states, so 20 grand down the tubes. And about three weeks into the review courses, I said, man, this is not going to help me at all. I can't do memorization very easily. And that's what these were really doing. They were teaching me to memorize all this crap. So I said, you know, let me just go get more logic puzzles. Let me just perfect my logic skills. And I know that that will carry me through the bar exams. Sure enough, I passed both bar exams first try within three months of one another. And it's the exact same skill that I use in business today. When you really think things through in reverse, not from a, okay, what should I do today standpoint, but from the standpoint of, okay, what's my outcome? What's that big picture thing that I want to accomplish? And then work your way backwards to figure out what steps you need to go through from where you're at to where you want to be. Once that plan is down on paper which is what the vortex model is really all about it's getting that plan down on paper then you really don't have to think then you can just go out and trust that you're going down the path that's going to lead you to where you want to go and it happens on purpose not by accident and it will work every single time because it's by design
2: yeah It really is yeah.
1: fascinating.
2: It is, and I, I don't know what it's like not to be, not to think that way. So for years and years and years, I've tried to give people exercises and things, you know, where they obviously trip up here, and they don't. You know, you were a weird kid, Gina. Let's just admit it. You weren't a normal average kid. I was just kid. a little. And and so people recognize that. <laughs> I mean, this is one thing about being a really really good content marketer is you need to recognize in your audience – and I have a little bit of a cheat of 16 years of doing this – when most people can hear what you're saying, but they just don't put themselves in the category of, of doing that. And I always try to think up exercises that they can do to just uh, – You know, sort of like when you did the logic puzzles and just thinking in a different way, training themselves to think in a different way. So I've done things like tell people, you know, go out on social media with no agenda whatsoever. Go out there and just learn how it works by being in it, by soaking in it, by being a really good user. Learn about all the things that are available there. Allow yourself the time that you might not be allowing yourself now because you feel like, well, that's not working, I'm not being productive let me give you permission to go and do that. It will be one of the greatest exercises that you ever do. Learn how to use hashtags. Learn how to use all the little things that you haven't so far allowed yourself to really dive into. And then don't go looking for a course. This is extremely important. Don't go looking for a course on hashtags or a course on social media or anything like that. Read the Amazing Traffic Vortex, of course, but it's free. But don't buy anything Don't until you go out and just – See, they built social media sites with no instructions on purpose. They built them thinking that everybody, and everybody pretty much has, figured it out on their own. They're supposed to be so simple. They're like Apple products. You're, you just, there's no instructions for Apple stuff. You, it just works, right? So uh, m- marketers, we'll take ourselves out of that equation right away, and it's unfortunate. It's extremely unfortunate. I've got a lot of sales to make, so I can't be messing around. And we quite often put this kind of stuff in the category of messing around when it could be the most valuable stuff, if not the most valuable thing that you've ever done for your business. So you now have permission to move about the cabin and just play. And, and, and a lot of what we teach people at Directions University is how to make work into play and think about work like Branson does or like we do. <laughs> and there's never, uh, we're never very far away from a great big smile on our face. And so if it seems like it's pulling teeth and it seems awful and terrible to you all the time and just work, 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 you are absolutely doing it wrong. You are meant to have a hell of a good time with your business, promoting your business. And one of the exercises, if you want to get into this free-thinking kind of way without having to be told every single thing that you need to do, go on social media and learn everything you can about it. Another thing that we always say is love the tools, love the tools that are the things that drive all the traffic and all the business to uh, you and and drive up your customers and drive up your sales and all that kind of stuff. Love the tools. Don't avoid them. And certainly don't be as scared of them like most people seem to be. They're like, I don't know. I can't push this button because Gina or Jack or somebody else didn't tell me I could. Push buttons like crazy. You can't break anything. <laughs> You know, they set these things up with all kinds of fail-safes. They warn you if you're about to expose something private. They, they tell you how to uh, do all of the things that you need to do as you're going through the process. That's why there's no guidebook. It's on board. So there's always a question mark next to something that you can click for more information about what you're about to do. There's always a, a link to something in Google that will open up a how-to page on what you're trying to do on Google+. And if you think Gina and I or any of the experts out there took a whole bunch of courses to learn what we know, you would be wrong. We push buttons like crazy. And it sounded like when Gina was talking about the logic puzzles and everything else, that's exactly what she was doing too. She wasn't afraid. Most people go to law school. They take all the courses that are recommended. They do the SATs. Then they do the, uh, the, the law school thing to get into law school. They do all that stuff that they're told to do and nothing more. And they come out as average lawyers. They come out as average whatever they went in uh, to be and that's all they could ever possibly be because they only use the tools that were given to them that were board certified and this is what the university says you've got to do and this is what – and that's all BS because organic businesses really take off because somebody was giving themselves permission, a CEO, a founder, to go and look at things and experience things in a completely different way with their own eyes, with their own ideas. And I know that's scary to a lot of people, but it's an absolutely necessary exercise that people go through. Eventually, you beat yourself down. It's like I followed every rule. I've taken every course. I've spent $100,000. And we have people who have done that before. We've met people who have spent over $100,000 on training. And then they're coming to us for help. I'm like, wait a minute. I haven't spent nearly that much on training in my whole career. And you should be training me based on the solid dollar amount that you have spent on your own education. You should you should be the teacher. I shouldn't be the teacher. Why are you coming to me? And that's when I realized it's people are just taking courses and they're just taking training and they're not applying their own brains to this. And Gina saw really quickly this, this, this bar review stuff, this law stuff, the, the way that they're giving it to me, this isn't going to work. And if I'm going to do this and I really do want to do this, I'm going to go back and I'm going to find another solution. For her, it was logic puzzles. And she she, she's confident enough, and there's that confidence gene that I think really you can develop, and I've seen people do it. And it was really just a matter of people saying, coming back and saying, Jack, thanks, you gave me permission, because I say that all the time. I give you permission. You have permission to do this thing. And a lot of people have taken that over the years and run with it, and like really run with it. And then they come back and teach me stuff I didn't know, because they looked at something in a way that nobody ever else has because that's the one unique thing that you have is you and the way you look at things the way you would solve a problem different from 100,000 other people with faced with the same problem and once people get permission to go out and do these things and look for their for themselves at the internet and how traffic is generated and how uh authority is generated and how to attract the right kinds of customers that buy your stuff consistently uh, at the same percentage all the time or better then you're really off to the races and probably one of the biggest lessons you could ever learn. I wish I would learned it a lot, lot sooner in my career. Um, but I'm here to help anybody out. If you're just starting out, that's one of the most important things you could ever learn. It really
1: is. And let's let everybody know where they can find the amazing Traffic Vortex Guide to get started with all of this, Jack.
2: Yes, we should have done that several times throughout this. <laughs> uh, we should yeah, have. It's, uh, it's also in the
1: show notes, guys.
2: Okay, excellent. It's at askggg.com slash ATV. ATV, like ATV, Alan Terrence Victor, askggg.com. We give out a lot of Ask GGG links around here. That's our URL shortener, so you'll hear that a lot on all the new shows coming up with Traffic Masters. And the best place to start to understand this show and what we're going to be covering, it's traffic and conversion, engagement, all of those kinds of tactics. The the guide for all of this really is the Amazing Traffic Vortex, which you need to be reading anyway, because you really will apply. Applying that stuff that's just in that guide will improve your business. It absolutely will, guaranteed. And we know that because we've taken so many thousands of people through this already. And everybody in those thousands who have applied it have something really cool to say about it, and they want to learn more, which is what we hope you'll do after you read the guide. You'll want to learn more.
1: And make sure you listen to the 13 minute audio that's included when you get the guide. That 13 minutes, Jack, is going to help them understand the Vortex model in so much deeper way than anything you and I could share here on the show, don't you think?
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Jack, for sharing the amazing traffic vortex with our listeners. And thanks, Jen, for the segment with V. Lynn Hawkins from Skyhawk Enterprises. That was fantastic as well. Again, you can download the amazing traffic vortex guide, the 13-minute vortex audio, and the traffic sources tool that will help you plan your traffic much the way we've been talking about on today's show and in all of our episodes here at Traffic Master's. Jack and I will be back next week, same time, same place, for another great episode of Traffic Masters. Have a great week, everybody.
0: Bye-bye. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters, from traffic to conversion to business success.